1974, a young author and his wife visited Boulder, Colorado, in search of a solution for the man's writer's block and a change of scenery while he wrote his next novel. The couple was encouraged to travel about an hour north to a beautiful resort in Estes Park to escape and relax and hopefully get the author back into the right mindset to begin another book. This young author was Stephen King. He and his wife Tabitha traveled to the Stanley Hotel on October 30, 1974, and at the time, the hotel was about to close for the season, so they were the only guests in the hotel for the night. During the visit, he experienced many dark and strange dreams that helped encourage the idea for the renowned horror novel, The Shining. The strange occurrences at the Stanley Hotel didn't begin with King's experience and still continue to this day, with ghost tours and paranormal investigations being common occurrences. I'm Ashton, and welcome to The Haunted Corner. everyone. Welcome back to The Haunted Corner. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite places in Colorado. We visit Estes Park a few times a year, and we love to visit the Stanley Hotel. I'm excited to share all of the information that I found with you guys, so let's get into it. In 1903, a man named Freeland Oscar Stanley arrived in Denver, Colorado. Freeland, or F.O. Stanley, was the inventor of the steam-powered car and the photographic plate. He was very weak at the time and was suffering from tuberculosis. He had been advised not to make plans past six months at the time. Now, during this time, the most highly recommended treatments for tuberculosis included fresh air, lots of sunlight, and a hearty diet. So Freeland and his wife, Flora, decided to make the move to the fresh mountain air of the Rockies. They arrived in Denver, Colorado in March, and by June, their doctor recommended that they move to Estes Park for the summer, and the doctor even arranged for them to stay in a friend's cabin. Over the course of the summer, Stanley's health began to drastically improve. And by the fall, he was so grateful for his health and the beautiful landscape that he vowed to return to Estes Park every year. Freeland and Flora really fell in love with the area, and they decided to build a grand hotel on a hill overlooking the town of Estes Park. In 1907, construction began on the now 32 acres of land, which was purchased through the Earl of Dunraven and Mount Earl. The Stanley Hotel National Register Historic District contains 11 contributing structures, including the main hotel, the concert hall, a carriage house, manager's cottage, a gatehouse, and the lodge, which is a bed and breakfast that was originally called the Stanley Manor. The main hotel and concert hall were completed in 1909, and the manor was completed in 1910. 
to bring guests from the nearest train depot in the foothills town of Lyons, Colorado, Stanley's Car Company produced a fleet of specially designed steam-powered vehicles called mountain wagons, and they seated multiple passengers. So this was a way for, to get them from the train depot to the hotel. Stanley operated the hotel almost as a pastime, and he one time remarked that he spent more money than he made each summer running the hotel. Upon opening in 1909, the hotel was said to be one of the first in the country to be fully electrified. To supply his hotel with power, Stanley led the construction of the Fall River Hydro Plant, which also brought electricity to the town of Estes Park for the first time. Every guest room had a telephone and each pair of rooms shared an ensuite bathroom with running water supplied by Black Canyon Creek, which had been dammed in 1906. The only amenity the hotel lacked was heat, as the hotel was originally designed as a summer resort. The hotel was a hot spot for the wealthy elite of the time, and they enjoyed drinking wine and whiskey, playing pool, and just enjoying the fresh air of the Rocky Mountains. The main building itself had a really remarkable layout, which is built to accommodate all of the activities that were popular with the elite class of the time. The music room was painted with light colors and was created to be a suitable reading room during the day and a chamber music room at night for the women. And the smoking lounge in the billiard room was built with dark wood and a granite fireplace, which was more suited for the men. Although Stanley didn't smoke or drink because of his health, he loved billiards and it was one of his favorite pastimes. The concert hall was built by Stanley himself as a gift for his wife, Flora. The stage features a trap door, which is used for theatrical entrances and exits by many performers, including Harry Houdini at one time. The lower level once housed a two-lane bowling alley, which was removed during the ownership of Maxwell Ebel. The hall underwent extensive repair and renovations in the 2000s. The lodge was once called the Stanley Manor, and it sits between the main building and the concert hall. It's a two-thirds scaled-down version of the main hotel, and it was fully heated at its initial construction, which led people to believe that Stanley was planning on using it as a winter resort when the main hotel was closed during the off-season. Today, it features a brunch restaurant, and it's open to guests as another location to stay on the property. It's said that the presence of the hotel and Stanley's own involvement greatly contributed to the growth of Estes Park, which was incorporated in 1917, and also the creation of the Rocky Mountain National Park, which was established in 1915. By 1917, the small town of Estes Park was an official municipality with waterworks, a power plant, and civic organizations that were all in some way thanks to Stanley himself. The open area in the front of the Stanley Hotel was originally a long driveway for Stanley steamers and also a promenade for guests to enjoy the views. In 2015, it was replaced with a hedge maze after a competition was held where they chose the design from over 300 global entries. This was done to connect the hotel to the film version of The Shining, which introduced the maze in the movie. 
And while no specific ghosts have been reported inside, people tend to get panicky and have trouble breathing while navigating the maze. I will say that we did visit there in 2020 and we didn't have any trouble breathing or anything like that, but it definitely adds to the spooky factor when you're there knowing the history of the movie. The Stanley Hotel has hosted many famous guests, including the unsinkable Molly Brown, John Philip Sosa, Bob Dylan, Theodore Roosevelt, the Emperor and Empress of Japan, and a variety of Hollywood personalities. On June 25, 1911, after a flood in the area, the hotel lost power, and while the head housekeeper, Elizabeth Wilson, was lighting lanterns in room 217, there was an explosion which caused her to fall through the floor into the dining room below. She survived, but she broke both of her ankles, and she is said to be one of the ghosts who haunts the hotel and specifically room 217 to this day. She spends most of her time still taking care of the room. Guests have reported having items moved, luggage unpacked, clothes folded, and lights being turned on and off in the room as well. There have also been reports of doors opening and closing by themselves. Miss Wilson is very old-fashioned, and she is not a fan of unmarried guests sleeping in the same bed. So some couples have reported feeling a cold force come between them, and when they wake up, they've often found that the man's things have been packed with his luggage waiting for him by the door. So Mrs. Wilson is not messing around, and she has not taken any kind of shenanigans in her room. In 1974, when Stephen King and his wife Tabitha arrived at the hotel for a night away, they were met with a completely empty hotel as it was near the end of the summer season, and they were the only guests in the hotel that night. After arriving, Stephen and Tabitha checked into room 217, and they ate dinner in a completely empty dining hall. After Tabitha went to bed, Stephen wandered the halls and visited the hotel bar where drinks were being served by the bartender named Grady. It's said that his stay inspired his imagination, and by the end of the night, he had the framework for his novel The Shining in his mind. He described his experience by detailing a nightmare that he had during the night. He claims that he saw his three-year-old son running through the hotel, screaming and being chased by a fire hose. When he awoke, he had the plot of The Shining almost completely planned out in his mind. He eventually published the book in 1977, and room 217 was changed to room 237. It became his third best-selling novel behind Carrie and Salem's Lot. During the filming of Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey also stayed in room 217, but only for a few hours before he left in the middle of the night and refused to discuss what happened. To this day, he still hasn't shared what occurred that night. So let's talk about some of the other hauntings at the hotel. There have been many reports of paranormal activity at the Stanley Hotel, and these are just a few of them. The staircase between floors in the hotel has been dubbed as the Vortex. It's said to be a tornado of spiritual energy and sort of a paranormal portal 
for all of the ghosts that visit the hotel. Guests have reported feeling cold spots and dizzy spells while on the stairs, as if something had just walked right through them. Orbs and distortions have been caught on camera, and Mr. and Mrs. Stanley have even been seen walking hand-in-hand hand watching over the hotel from the grand staircase. Mr. and Mrs. Stanley have also been said to be seen on several occasions throughout different locations in the hotel. Braylon often make, makes appearances in the billiard room, while Flora is known to play the piano for guests in the concert hall. Another spirit who is fond of the concert hall is Paul. Among other duties, Paul used to enforce the 11 p.m. curfew in the hotel. He's a big fan of tour groups now, and he often flickers their flashlights upon request. Guests and employees report hearing someone telling them to get out late at night, which is said to be Paul still enforcing the curfew in the hotel. A construction worker was once doing some work on the floors in the concert hall when he felt someone nudge him several times until he left. Another guest describes a time when during a night tour of the hotel, while in the concert hall, he was given a sucker to hold in his hands for one of the ghosts to take, and he actually felt it being pulled out of his hand and onto the floor. Paul has been caught on camera a couple times, and I will share one of those photos on the blog with you guys so you can check it out. The Earl of Dunraven is said to be one of the oldest ghosts that resides at the hotel. The Earl used to own the land that the hotel was built on, and guests claim that when they look up into the window of 407 from the outside of the hotel, a spectral face was looking back down at them. Guests who stay in room of 407 often complain about the smell of cherry pipe tobacco at night, which is said to be the Earl's favorite choice of smoke. There's also the ghost of a small unknown child that seems to be stuck inside the walls of the Stanley Hotel. Many ghosts and ghost hunters have reported him running through the corridors calling out for his nanny. And Stephen King himself even reported an incident where he had come face to face with a spirit child. Now let's talk about specific rooms that are said to be haunted. Room 302 is said to have a male ghost that has been seen as a shadow in the room, walking near the walls, and photos have been known to fly off the walls in the room as well. And Grant from Ghost Hunters had a table levitate while he was changing the film in the room. In room 413, several guests have reported seeing a man dressed in old-fashioned clothes standing in the corner of the room. And the face of the man in a blue ball has also been seen on the outside of the door. Room 428 has reports of the sound of footsteps and furniture moving around. There's also a friendly cowboy who appears at the foot of the bed. And those that know their Estes Park history believe that that is the spirit of Rocky Mountain Jim Nugent. And it's especially because he mostly appears to the ladies and sometimes gives them a ghostly kiss. Room 418 is said by hotel employees to be the most haunted room in the hotel. On numerous occasions, guests have been awoken by the sound of children playing outside the room door. 
When they get out of bed to shout at the kids in the corridor, they find nobody there. On other occasions, the occupants of the room have heard children crying throughout the night in the rooms on either side of them. And when they complained about the children the next morning, they were told that there were no kids currently staying at the hotel. Beds in room 418 often give off the impression that someone is sleeping in them. There's deep body-shaped impressions laid into the mattress as if an invisible being is laying down there. One of the guide members said that she had been hugged twice by a kid's ghost in room 418 before. And there are also complaints throughout the year from visitors who have awoken to find that their blankets have been taken off of them and folded neatly at the end of the bed. The fourth floor started out as an empty attic, and later it became lodging for female employees, children, and their nannies. And guests staying on the fourth floor report hearing children running around, laughing and playing, and closet doors are said to open and shut on their own. In 2016, a guest from Houston took some photographs of the hotel. And after returning to his home, he reviewed the photographs, and one of the photographs depicted an apparition at the top of the stairway. He said he doesn't even recall someone being on the stairs while he was taking photos. But I'll include that photo on the blog as well. Many years ago, a young woman named Lucy was found in the hotel basement peeping at construction. The staff found out and escorted her out of the hotel into the cold where she froze to death. And she's now said to haunt the concert hall and the basement. There's a story from the Thought Catalog about Lucy and it includes a picture of her taken by a guest. The guest describes the experience as, quote, over the weekend, about 15 coworkers and myself had our company trip to the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, known for being Stephen King's inspiration for The Shining. We took an 8 p.m. ghost tour where we joined about 15 other people to get guided around the property and told stories about its history and creepy things that are said to have happened in the hotel. We were told to take lots of pictures, I'm sure to try to capture orbs or ghosts. Many green orbs were caught in pictures, but I don't think anything is as creepy as this photo taken by my coworker, a little girl in a hot pink dress who was definitely not on our tour, end quote. And like I said, I'll share this photo as well. It is definitely clear that there is some kind of apparition in the picture, and it does look like a little girl. And there is somebody kind of walking by her, and you can tell that the person didn't see her standing there because they're really close to her. So it's, it's definitely strange. The Ice House is another haunted location on the property. Prior to indoor refrigeration, the Ice House was used to store ice blocks. It has since been remodeled and it's now used as a museum housing some of the original Stanley steamer cars. It's also said to house the spirit of a young boy named Billy, who is said to show up blurry in photographs. In addition to human ghosts, there are said to be two pets buried on the property, and their ghosts are said to wander around the hotel at times. Cassie, a golden retriever, and Comanche, a fluffy white cat, 
have both been seen and heard all around the property. Now, this is something that I didn't know until I did my research. There's a cave system located below the hotel. The caves have a high concentration of limestone and quartz, which some believe help capture paranormal energy. It's used by employees to get around the hotel, and it would seem that at least one of the employees is still down there. Current employees say that the smells of home-baked goods linger in the tunnel with no apparent source. They attribute this smell to the pastry chef who worked for the Stanleys when the hotel opened. There's also a gray cat seen stalking about the tunnels with bright green glowing eyes. He's not known to be from the pet cemetery, so it's unsure where he came from. You can take a few different kinds of tours at the Stanley Hotel, and one of them is the Spirited Tour, which is described on the website as, quote, the Stanley Hotel Spirited Night Tour is a 60-minute walking tour that will take you through the dark edges of the hotel. It's a unique way to experience the hotel's spirited tales with a knowledgeable storyteller under the ambiance of nighttime in the Rocky Mountains. Each tour offers you opportunities to explore, ask questions, and perhaps leave with a few stories of your own, end quote. I'm hoping to do this tour in the next couple months for my birthday, so I will definitely provide an update when that happens. The ownership of the Stanley Hotel has passed through many hands since its opening over 100 years ago. The history continues to grow and change, and with each passing year, it becomes more apparent that there may be more than just living hotel guests who have checked into the hotel. And that is the haunted history of the Stanley Hotel. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Haunted Corner. The sources for today's episode will be listed in the show notes and on the blog at www.thehauntedcorner.com. Check out the other episodes of The Haunted Corner, available now wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For early access to an episode from next week, please visit patreon.com slash thehauntedcorner and join at the $5 per month level. You'll have access to an upcoming episode a week early, Patreon-exclusive content, an exclusive Haunted Corner sticker, and a lot more. Follow us on social media at The Haunted Corner on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. And if you have a case suggestion or correction, please send it to thehauntedcorner at gmail.com or submit it through the website. Until next time, be kind and take care of yourselves and each other. And we'll see you next week. Bye.